Hi, and welcome to episode 114 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. We have a special episode for you today. iOS 13 public beta just came out, and so we've all downloaded that on our phones and want to tell you about all the cool new features and also help you decide whether or not you should try out the public beta for yourself or whether you should wait till September when the official shipping version arrives. So uh, we also have some news that we're going to cover. Johnny mm-hmm. Ive is leaving Apple, and so that's something we'll be discussing as well. But before we get into the episode, we want to tell you about our sponsor. So today's sponsor is Soul, and I want to tell you about one of their new headphones. It's really exciting. It's the Soul STXS2, and what it lacks an exciting name makes <laughs> up for an exciting features. Um, first of all, It's only $99, which is super affordable for truly wireless earbuds. In addition to that, has really amazing sound quality. They really focus on sound quality. It's waterproof. It has this really cool ergonomic fit. So it has this little hook that like hooks into your ear. It's still comfortable, but stays in your ear and is secure. Uh, And one of my favorite features about it is that one of the things I hate about wireless earbuds is they tend to block out ambient noise and then you can't hear anything and I tend to use wireless earbuds when I'm running and I'm outside and I want to hear traffic. So it has a feature called transparent audio mode where you can still hear the ambient noise around you while listening to your music. And again, of course, my most favorite feature, only $99. So you can go to soulelectronics.com to buy it or we'll put a link to the exact product in the show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. I also want to tell you about our Daily Tips newsletter. For those of you who don't know, if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up to get a one-minute tip in your inbox every day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone that you probably didn't know before. It's also a great time to sign up because pretty soon we'll be uh, coming out with our iOS 13 tips. So each day you'll be learning what you can do with the new version of the operating system. Um, And so it's just a really easy way to learn that doesn't take much time at all. Um, But right now we're still on iOS 12 tips, so I was going to share with you one of our favorite tips of this week, and um, that's how to view list view in your calendar app. And uh, this is one of my favorite views. So if you tap to open your calendar app and you go to the month view, so that just means Sometimes when you open your calendar, you can see the entire year there. If, if that's the case, tap the month you want to look at. And then you'll see this little icon along the top that uh, is like a little square with two lines below it. If you tap that, you'll be able to see the events within the day that's selected in that month. So I can see my full month view. And below that, I can see that there's a podcast recording today and a meeting this afternoon that I'm going to. And I can see that all within, uh, within one view. Also, if I go into the today view, which is in the bottom left corner of the calendar app, and if I stay in this list view, I'll just see a scrolling list of all the events for the month. So I can just scroll through and see them all there. Also, all the birthdays and things like that that are in the month. So this is just a handy way to see what's going on while also having a bigger view of your month. I feel like with the calendar app, there's so many different views for it. There are. They're not intuitive. Like, it's not intuitive to figure out how to get from one view to the other. And in particular, the list view I find to be very useful, and I always, like, struggle to get to it. So it's a good tip. And I think a lot of people just don't know that it's there at all. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, yeah, I find it really useful to see the whole month at a glance while I'm looking at the events mm-hmm. because sometimes you need to see the whole month while you're looking at different events. and Yeah, that context is nice. Right. And as a bonus tip, because Donna gave me this tip when we were doing, we're doing a fundamentals course right now. Uh, and spoiler, we're going to release a, the that course as the pre-recorded version of it coming soon. So uh, Donna in that course taught me that if you put your phone in landscape mode, it's really easy to create a new event because you can just tap on the day. It shows you a week and you can tap on the day and the time and then it pops up as an event and you can move events really easily in that view as well. Yeah. That's my other favorite calendar tip. (laughs) So if you want tips like that, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. Uh, We also want to tell you about our premium subscription. So our daily tips is our free offering. We have our premium subscription, which you pay a monthly fee for, uh, but it's really the best way to get the most out of your iPhone and have our full comprehensive services. So we have 
a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. You get a full archive of all of our issues, plus you're the first to among the first to get our new issues. You get video guides um, teaching you things like how to use iOS 13 when it's coming out soon. Um, you also get a video version of our daily tips, so you can see a visual walkthrough. You can have your phone with you and follow along, which is an e even easier way to learn. And you also get Ask an Editor, which is a feature where you can ask any tech questions regarding your Apple devices and we'll help you find a solution. Also, you get exclusive version of this podcast without any of the ads like we're doing now, <laughs> and also an exclusive section of content just for insiders. And today's content is going to be battery saving tips. So we've got a lot of awesome tips. If you're an insider, make sure you stick around to the end. And if you're not, go subscribe. We have a discount, $5 off. What's yes, the URL? It's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. So we have a dis $5 off just for our podcast listeners. Um, also, with the battery saving tips, it's a really good time for that because if you are interested in downloading the iOS 13 public beta, sometimes that will affect your battery life. And so you want to do all the fix all the settings you can that will help you mm -hmm. maximize your battery life. It's definitely affecting my battery life. What about you? Yeah, me too. It's annoying. Not like hugely, but probably maybe by like 10% or something. Yeah, I would say I used to make it through the day and on a typical day, day I'd be at I'd end the day at around 40% and now I'm ending the day at like yesterday I literally ended the day at 1% <laughs> so oh, I made yeah. it through the day uh, and that's to me the main thing for battery life yeah. is like can you make it through the day so far I have we'll see if it becomes a bigger problem or a less big problem as they keep coming out with the betas so Sarah wants to share with us an insider question and how she helped them find a solution recently so um, an insider named Carl uh, recently sent me an email saying, I have an iPhone 10. I recently maxed out on storage space. I opened the option to move my photos to the cloud, and the device now displays that my phone is less than half full. Despite this, I still get an alert badge that states my iPhone storage is full. Can you tell me what's up with that? Is there a way to delete this notification? Um, so. These sort of persistent like settings app badge icons are actually like a fairly common problem. Like you'll get a like a notification to update to the latest version of iOS, or um, like a notification that your iCloud backup isn't working or something like that. And then you fix it, and then it's still there. My personal favorite is sometimes I'll get stuck in this infinite loop of having to log in regularly. Like it'll like continually ask me to log in to my Apple ID, and then when I do, it's like, okay, thanks, now log in. <laughs> oh, gosh. So annoying. So, um, it, they all seem to have, like, they all seem to be related to, like, different problems, but they all seem to have one solution, which is that you need to sign out of iCloud and then sign back in. Oh, wow. So, I found signing out of iCloud a little scary because it's like, turn off find my yeah. iPhone yeah. and do you want to save all this stuff on your device yeah. or you know just let it be there in the cloud and no i've literally never done this <laughs> so um, so i i did it just to try it out Brave make sure it's safe so here's how you do it um, you go to the settings app and you tap on your apple id which is your name and you scroll to the very bottom of the screen and then you tap sign out and then you'll be asked to turn off find my iphone which you're going to sign back in in a minute, so it's not a big deal. But do remember to go back and turn it back on after this process. Um, you do this by entering your Apple ID password and then tapping Turn Off. And then next, you'll be asked to choose what data you want to keep on your iPhone. Um, the data will still be in the iCloud, and it takes longer to sign out of iCloud if, it, you, if they have to like copy all this stuff to your phone. So don't turn any of those on um, unless you're really, really worried. Um, <laughs> And then, um, so you tap sign out and then confirm that you want to sign out. And then once the process is complete, um, you'll basically be taken back to your settings menu and you'll see the option to sign into your iPhone at the top of the settings menu. And then you tap this, enter your Apple ID, tap next, enter your password, tap next, enter your device passcode, and you'll be signed back into iCloud and the badge should be gone. And did that solve it for him? I haven't heard back from him yet. <laughs> um, but one thing I really want to just warn everyone about, make sure before you start this process that you know your iCloud password mm. and you know your device passcode. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Okay. Otherwise, have, you're signing up for trouble. I have yeah. two quick thoughts. First of all, I have an alternate theory of what's happening to him. Okay. So we'll, when we hear back, we'll have to see. A lot of people get confused between your local phone storage and your iCloud storage. He sent me pictures. Okay, mm -hmm. so maybe my theory's wrong. But for those of you at home, <laughs> make sure you know the difference when you're trying to clear it out because I find I often accidentally end up in iCloud storage when I'm trying to clear out my local storage. Uh, so knowing the difference is important. Uh, the other thing, often for me when I get stuck in these kind of reoccurring reminders, uh, at least for the thing I was saying when it keeps asking me to log in, if I just restart my phone, that usually takes care of it. So that might be a good first thing to try. Did he try well, that? I actually didn't ask him and I didn't recommend it because in the course of my research and like seeing things that people had posted online in different forums, all of them almost universally had tried turning their oh, phone okay. on and okay. off again or okay. off and on again and it hadn't worked. So, but that is generally a good first step for like any weird thing your phone's mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like even with, again, with iOS 13 public beta, restarting my phone helped with some of the bugs that yeah. with that too. And it helps with battery life, but we can talk about that when we get to battery <laughs> tips. All right, so I think we're ready to move into our news section. Uh, pretty soon we're going to talk about the iOS 13 public beta, but there's pretty big news. Johnny Ive is leaving Apple after almost 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so we want just to unpack that a little bit, like what kind of, I mean, it's kind of the ending of a long legacy and what, uh, what we think that's going to do to Apple, potentially. I mean, he's not. He, Apple will be one of his clients. He's starting his right. own design company. Mm -hmm. So he's starting his own. Johnny Ive is starting his own design co company. I think it was called like Love From or something. Yeah, it's an interesting I, name. Yeah, it was. I I actually don't remember what it was called, but it was something like that. And so Apple will still be working with Johnny Ive's company, new company. He's also taking another d design executive from Apple along with him. I think um, I can't remember the name of the person, but um, but yeah, what do you guys make of this? I think there's kind of two separate stories first of all there's the like what it means for apple and then there's also sort of the scandal around it because it turned into wall street journal published this like art, this kind of gossip article that like it was due to the fact that he, him and tim cook weren't getting along and then tim cook responded so it's sort of two stories but first let me back up and talk about johnny ive a little bit because if you're not familiar with him johnny ive is considered one of the greatest industrial designers in the world right now him and Steve Jobs were incredibly close. Uh, and so it's a little bit debatable because they're so close and they worked so closely together, how much Steve Jobs gets credit for a lot of these devices and how much Johnny Ive does, but certainly Johnny Ive deserves a lot of credit. And so mm -hmm. him and Steve Jobs in particular, you know, they got their start together when Steve Jobs came back to Apple. So the iMac was sort of their first great product they released together that like classic transparent uh like plastic colorful cover. thing yeah that, that was, was so when, cool in the 90s mm -hmm. when steve jobs came back at that time apple was kind of was apple apple was really struggling apple and so johnny was, struggling. was a big part of like turning that around with him exactly him and steve jobs and of course everyone else involved and who knows who did what but apple clearly has been an industry leader in industrial design and uh and johnny ives has taken a huge role in that and then in addition to that uh, and of course, you know, every product since then, so in addition to the iMac, we have talked about the iPod, the iPhone, iPhone the yeah. iPad, uh, the, the, the new MacBooks, the aluminum covers. Like, if you look at the old school MacBooks, they were pretty ugly. And Johnny Ive, uh, first of all, he released some that were kind of ugly, but also, like, mm -hmm. then made the traditional one we're used to now, the kind of clamshell. Um, in addition to that, starting in iOS 7, he took over iOS design. So right. all of those operating systems from iOS 7 on, he's been leading that. So it's a huge loss, in my opinion, to Apple. And of course, who knows how much he actually it, it has done compared to the rest of the team. And you don't want to like not give credit. And like Sarah's saying, uh, he still will be working with Apple, although we don't know in what, in what capacity. But to me, the knock on uh, Tim Cook, and this comes directly from Steve Jobs, if you read his book, is that Tim Cook is a business person. He's not a product person. And that is kind of what Johnny Ive was, the role he played in Apple. And him and Steve Jobs were very much aligned in that. And, you know, without Steve Jobs, without Johnny Ive, it'll be interesting to see if Apple can maintain their high standards of product design. 
Yeah, it does seem a little scary just in that, like, already we've talked a lot about Apple losing some of its just kind of core values uh, in recent years with mm-hmm. Tim Cook. I mean, now with their big focus on services, it doesn't feel like the same Apple that, you know, that Steve Jobs made the company. And so it does seem like another move away from that. But Yeah, well, in the Wall Street Journal article that Tim Cook blasted and said was wrong, but still, what it was saying was that he was leaving the thing that he, Johnny Ive and Tim Cook were not getting along about was that Johnny Ive felt that Tim Cook didn't care enough about product design. So it's very like related. And those of us who have been fans of Apple since the early days uh, were fans of the product design first and foremost, especially when you consider Johnny Ive worked on software and hardware and the integration of the two mm-hmm. and with it, it feel it feels like certainly the end of the air an era and of course it's been 30 years so an era was always going to end but it feels significant to me i was kind of surprised to i was reading that like johnny ive was really involved with the design of the new mac pro mm. which like looks like the chinese shiny cheese grater yeah. like one of our writers was saying pointed that out and i was like whoa it totally does i was like hmm I was actually surprised that he was behind that. (laughs) No, he's definitely like, I mean, a lot of the iconic, everything about Apple's iconic designs, really, he deserves a lot of credit for. But he also deserves a lot of credit for some of the really ugly designs. Like, if you remember the iPhone 5C that was really brightly colored plastic shell and then had, like, the matching screensaver and it was these, like, yellow dots. Like, he's done a lot of questionable things. But, you know, part of it is he's does a lot of experimental things, which is really in like unique for a company of that scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't win them all. <laughs> you can't win them all. <laughs> I'm really hoping that we never have to watch any more Johnny Ive product videos, though. So it's a silver lining. <laughs> I was a, I was a little bit annoyed that every commentary about him leaving had to mention the way he pronounced aluminum. <laughs> I mean, he just pronounces it the way they do in the UK. Like, what's the big I know. deal? And can, it's, you, can you imitate it? No. I mean, Isn't I, it aluminum? It's aluminum. Yeah, I can't do it with the accent. I am not known for my accents. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and it's like I I agree. Everyone talked about those videos, and like it's because it's the only front-facing thing we see for Johnny Ive. But he's so legendary, and to talk about like the little commercials he recorded seems silly to me. I don't know. Those videos were just so, so hard to watch. They were really pretentious. <laughs> every year. You'd think we couldn't find a way to revolutionize the every industry ever, but we did again. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But but still, like I feel like it's still it's like some loss of it's Apple it's being huge, what we're used to it being. Yeah. You know? It's, it's going to be a huge change, and it kind of, like, leaves the future, like, kind of unknown. Yeah. I will say Apple is known for having a very tight-knit group of industrial designers that work in de- largely independently in the company. And Johnny Ive led that team, but they have a lot, a lot of people there who work on these things and have done so for the last 30 years. So I'm sure they still have a lot of talent left. Also, I'm sure that Johnny Ive... You know, it's not like he left with the iPhone uh, 11S as his last thing he designed. There's probably like two or three years of iPhones coming out that he's been working on at least, and same thing with the other products. So oh, that's a good point. it'll take maybe five years before we see the true like loss of Johnny Ive. Mm-hmm. And you know, he may still work on everything, so who knows? But it'll yeah. be a while before we see we see the pivot in Apple without the post Johnny Ive era. So, should we jump into iOS 13 now? Let's do it. So, uh, Apple released iOS 13, the public beta of iOS 13, a few days ago. They originally said they're going to on July 1st, but they actually did a few days early. Um, And so that just means that we'll post a link to where you can download this. If you you can download this beta from, uh, from their website and install it on your iPhone, anybody can do that now. Uh, but it won't be until mid-September that we get the official shipping version of iOS 13, where they've worked out all of their bugs and glitches and have like, all the full feature set of iOS 13. So there are pros and cons of installing the public beta. We want to talk about that first before we get into like our our impressions from yeah, or, like testing of the features. And just to be clear, because I know we had a lot of. Uh, questions around this in the Facebook group, a lot of confusion. If you, right now, you open your phone, you go to settings, you go to software updates, it will not show up for you. iOS 13 will not show up for you. You have to, there's a pretty complicated 
process to go through to get iOS 13 beta on your phone. Uh, and so we'll give you steps of how to do that. But there's a lot of confusion about like why is it you're talking about iOS 13 and I don't have it. And it's because it's in beta and you have to go through this complicated process to get it. Right. It takes a long time. I started installing it with, I thought, plenty of time this morning, and it was still installing when we started the podcast. So I was on vacation and came back just recently, so I hadn't <laughs> yeah. installed it yet. So Sarah will largely be moderating because Donna and I were not on vacation last week, and so we've had a week kind of a hands-on with it. And so yes. we have a lot of a lot of thoughts and opinions, as always. So um, let's talk. Well, so we'll post a link of how to download it, and like, yes, it does take some time, but it actually is pretty straightforward too. If you just visit the website on your phone, you can download the profile for the beta, and then you go through some different steps to actually install it on your phone, and it does end up taking probably a few hours, all in all. Um, but let's first talk about why would you want to do this, or why would you not want to do this? Um, I think the big obvious reason to do it is if you're really excited about all the new features you heard about with iOS 13, and you just don't want to wait till September to get your hands on them. That's really the only reason to. Yeah, <laughs> to it, and right? if you're, it's it's something, it's fun. If you like geeking out about this stuff, if you like, like, it's fun too to be like sitting there and like. You're on dark mode, and nobody else has dark mode, and most people don't even know how to get it. Like, it's yeah. fun to be ahead of the curve, but being ahead of the curve means you have to deal with all the bugs and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. I agree. Um, but one thing I've noticed in the past with downloading the, the betas is that when they finally release the shipping version and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is, like, completely changed how I use my phone. I'm so excited. I'm like... Wait, has it not always done that? It's like I, that, like excitement. Like I don't have it. You get, yeah. you get it early, but then you don't get to share it with masses. But it's yeah. not as fun, to, like in that way. I mean, like yes, having all these features early is fun, but then it's kind of like also it's way more buggy. Yeah. Although sometimes they've released some really terrible buggy, like shipping versions. I will say so. Let's talk about that because there are there have been some bugs, but I will say for the most part, it it's been pretty smooth for me. I've had very few bugs. How about you, Donna? Nice. It's been pretty functional. I mean, so I have had a thing, like, for some reason, my Messages app keeps on getting stuck in landscape view while I'm trying to text, and that's really annoying. Mm, that's really mm. annoying. Um, another thing that's happening is the Notes app has been reworked with iOS 13, but it's now not syncing with the Notes app on my Mac. Um, uh. And that's really annoying because I use that for my daily to-dos, and so I can't. I have to check it all on my phone now. I can't be checking it on my Mac right now. Um, but, like, I think, so the big things with... The cons of, of downloading uh, the beta is that there are bugs um, that you'll be dealing with. Also, not all third-party apps will be compatible with iOS 13 yet because mm -hmm. during this time, like Apple releases, Apple um, debuts iOS 13 at the Worldwide Developers Conference in June and shows it to all the developers and lets them at that time start making their apps work with iOS 13 and integrating that. But that so a lot of apps will really act up or not work at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, so far, I haven't had apps not working at all. But I remember in the past, there being some issues. And it hasn't been long enough for me to like discover what issues there are in third-party apps yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've decided not to put iPad OS on my iPad for that reason, so that like certain apps, like my banking apps and stuff, that I use a lot and kind of are very important to like you know me not like going broke or whatever. <laughs> like I can still access them even if they don't end up working on my phone. I haven't had a chance to try that yet mm. since, as we said, I just, I just. Uh, so, so those are the cons um, and One, the pros. Are there yeah. any other cons? Like any? I mean, I can t I can talk about some of the bugs that I've experienced, sure, yeah. which are you know I have a whole section later, but we'll just get to it now because you should know about them before you download. And it's weird because Don and I, and I have had different bugs. Like, I haven't had the problem with landscape mode and texting at all. Uh, but a bug that I've had that I don't think you've had is when I do a Google search in Safari. And for some reason, it seems to be unique to just Google searches in Safari. I can't tap on the results. That's annoying. That it's has not driving me crazy. I have Chrome as a browser, too. So I just have switched to Chrome for that, which is you know, a, an OK workaround. But that's the sort of thing that'll happen on a beta that you just have to deal with for a couple months. Yeah. Another thing, and this is a, a very common issue. And so this is, I think, similar to your notes issue. I have a shared reminders list with my partner. And we 
are hmm. not syncing anymore. Yeah. It, first of all, first it disappeared for me altogether, and then I tried to create a new one, and she couldn't view it because it was like a new reminders list, and it was our groceries list, and so now we like have to like text each other screenshots of our groceries list to figure out what we're getting. I'm concerned for the health of your relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, um, also, I remember past iOS updates beta updates had things like new emojis that when you send they will they won't when you send to people who don't have the beta they won't show up or they'll show right. up as like a weird x or something there's emoji stickers with uh -huh. ios 13 that i'm pretty sure you can't send to other people unless they have ios 13 i've been curious about that so um yeah so it's kind of one of those things that's nice if you have friends who have the beta too mm -hmm. so I thought maybe I could just go through some of the features that people were really excited about after WWDC and see what you're thinking of them. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the one that got a lot of press was dark mode. How's it going? Do you like it? Um, I like it, but it actually is probably, it's not the feature that I've ended up liking the most um, out of every, like, there have been other smaller features that nobody's really talked about that are more useful, because like, mm -hmm. dark mode, really all it's doing is changing the color palette of Apple's built-in apps, um, and it's a nice kind of like dark muted color that I find to be a little more relaxing. It's nice for nighttime when you don't necessarily want like your whole screen lighting up a room or something. Um, but I don't find it to be, I mean it's not that game changing. It's like you get used to it really fast and it's a nice feature to have, but it's not, I don't know. Do you think um, doesn't feel like that big of a deal? I guess once third-party apps have been able to incorporate it into their own apps, do you think that you'll like it more, because like, it will be more consistent across the board? Um, maybe I don't know. I think that like um, day one has had a nighttime has had a dark mode for a while now, which is a journaling app that I use, and I do enjoy it. And the nice thing about it in your settings, you go to display and brightness, and you can turn it onto a schedule so that it will like switch modes at sunrise and sunset so I have that set up so at nighttime I have dark mode and during the day it's the regular view and even Apple's new wallpapers will adjust like shift yeah. color um, with uh, dark mode so during the day it's brighter and at night it's mm -hmm. darker and you know the notes app reminders um, Safari like all of Apple's built-in apps all incorporate it it is I like it yeah I mean I agree with you I think I mean I don't think it's a game changer at all. I, before it came out, was kind of hating on the feature because I don't particularly like it that, like the Dave dark found mode. found it depressing. I found it depressing. Um, <laughs> I forced myself to use it all week, uh, and I found it grew on me. Uh, and so I actually did, though. I still decided I like light mode better and switched back, but I did keep oh, really? that feature that you had just talked about where at night it switches to dark mode. And I like that because it is definitely like if I'm browsing my phone in the evening especially like if I'm in bed I don't have a lot of lights on it's like really jarring to have that bright screen yeah. and with that I do agree with you Sarah that like once you once you have the dark mode set up it's annoying when you switch to apps that don't and suddenly you're blasted with this bright light it's also nice like I feel at, at night if you're in a dark room it's disturbing to other people like yeah. to have your phone out I mean a mo in a movie that's just considered not okay at all anymore but just even in general it's like bright for other people also makes it hard for them to not look at what's on your screen. Yeah, okay, totally. so I feel like dark mode, at, at the very least, it's nice for nighttime use. And yeah. also, it's something I've gotten really used to having on my Mac. Um, when I updated to Mac OS Mojave, I switched to dark mode, and I really mm -hmm. like that on my computer for some reason, hmm. more so than on my, my phone, but it's nice to have that consistency now. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so... That's dark mode. That's dark mode, yeah. What about the swipe keyboard? That's another thing that like Apple's been really behind on that uh -huh. we're finally getting. It's like... I know. I used to have Android, and I used the swipe keyboard, and I really liked it, and so I'm really glad Apple's integrated that now. That's one of the – I'm actually really liking oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say I haven't been using it that much. I, I tried to force myself to use it. It's. I think sometimes it's faster, but like the thing that I struggle with is it gets it wrong just enough that like whatever time saving I have gets mm. eaten up. And in particular, it just struggles with what you'd expect it to struggle with, like unusual words or pronouns. Like for example, we have a store in our, we have a grocery store called hy V in our town. You can't do swipe for hy V because it doesn't, it's never heard of hy V. And there's enough words like that, people's names and things like that, that my brain just can't shift back and forth quick mm. enough to be swiping and then typing and then swiping. And so I found I've gone back to the default of just typing. 
Yeah, I guess to be fair, like I've I've only used swipe when I was thinking I'm gonna try the new swipe yeah. keyboard, but my default is still to not swipe. But I wonder if that'll change over time. But the nice thing, the thing that I like about it is that you swipe a word, you don't have to hit the space bar. Like once you've swiped a word, mm -hmm. it'll automatically add a space, and then you 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 know keep doing the. And for common words, it's really really good and accurate. But you're right for like any kind of long unusual word it can really get it wrong, and then you're, yeah, that's annoying. I feel like to me, it's like if I'm typing something a little bit longer, like a longer text or an email, it'll regularly get at least one or two words wrong. And like you're saying, they're usually kind of longer words where it's understandable why it got it wrong, but like if that's I have tough. to go through it every time and modify it, uh, it doesn't save me time. I will say that when you tap on the word, like if you're using swipe and you tap on a word, the, like in the, the message, the predictive comes back up and you can often change it pretty quickly and easily. It's like, it gives you three guesses and you can, one of those is usually right, as long as it's not a weird pronoun mm -hmm. or proper noun, uh, and so yeah. One of the big things they say the swipe keyboard is for is for one-handed typing. Uh -huh. um, do you, one-handed, do you use just one hand? I found, I, I thought I tried that, but I found that even I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't swipe with one hand very easily. So I'd hold it. I'd I'd hold it with one hand and then use it with the other. But then I might as well be t texting with my thumbs anyway. Yeah, that's. I true. have not done one-handed like texting since they made the bigger iPhones. Yeah, I, it doesn't work for me. It does seem like I hold it with one hand and do it with the other, but it is better. My other method, I found myself. I usually type with my left thumb and my right pointer finger. Oh really? Like that's funny. Kind of a strange system. So yeah, I, I've been, I, that's one of the features I think is nice. Um, you For a while there have been third party swipe keyboards that you can mm -hmm. download, but then you have to switch between keyboards to get there. And this is just nice because it's integrated in. You can type the normal way or you can swipe. You don't have to press that like globe icon and switch to a different keyboard and go, you know. Yeah. When I did that, I just never used it. Yeah. I remember when Apple, like a few years back, Apple, first allowed third-party keyboards to be installed. The other thing that sucked about that is that you would have to allow the keyboards to be able to like read all of your messages. Yeah. There's some weird like, privacy concerns with that. So yeah. It's nice you don't have to deal with that anymore. And yeah, I mean, part of my like not that excited about the swipe is that I, at the time, went and got a third-party keyboard that had swipe, and I was excited about it. And then I did, it was the exact same thing. I always, always having to switch keyboards was annoying, but also it just wasn't such a game changer to me that I thought I'd be that excited about it when Apple came out with it. Hmm. So here's one that I'm excited about, expanded share menus. That's been, what I think, my favorite thing. Yeah, um, so I loved it. So for most a Apple apps, um, whenever you're on a screen, there's like a share icon that you tap and it brings up all your options of ways to share whatever you're looking at, whether that's a photo or a URL or something like that. And now there's, well, let's, open it up and go through some of the stuff that you see now. I'll tell you my, while you're doing that, my favorite thing is it guesses at who you want to like share it with. Because mm -hmm. like 90% of the time I'm just texting the same three people, whatever I'm sharing. And so they pop up right away and it's, it, I really like that. Yeah, so you can scroll through, you'll see you know, icons of all the people you regularly message. Um, and then if you swipe up, there's it's just a way nicer view. It gives you a mm -hmm. list of all your different options that you might, uh, I mean, what are some examples? Airdrop is more prominent. Um, it's just better. Yeah, I like that list. I'm like looking over <laughs> your shoulder. It, yeah. it uses AI to predict what sharing method you want and who you want to send it to. And I find that this is one of the areas where often when Apple uses AI to predict, it annoys me, but in this time, this situation, actually, I really like it. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that uh, I like the new screenshot view. This is gonna be a weird, like, nitpicky thing, but when you take a screenshot, it gives you the option to mark up what you just took a screenshot of before you send it. And before, I found that, like, the pencil was too thin and you couldn't see it very well. And now they gave you like, it's easier to control. It's easier to control like the thickness and the color. And it's like the markups are so much better. I know that's a really small nitpicky thing, but I found myself never marking things up before. Whereas I actually often when I'm taking a screenshot, I'm sending somebody something very particular in the screenshot and I want to be able to mark it up. So I do like that. Cool. Um, 
Memoji stickers? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only send them to each other, right? Like other people with the beta? Actually, I haven't yeah. tested it. I, I tested I, it with my dad. We sent each other a bunch oh, of Oh, it didn't work? It did. Yeah, oh, because no, he, he has iOS 13. He's the, yeah, he, he's downloaded iPad OS also on his iPad and the beta on his phone because he's, you know, excited. I found that I think I will use these more than I will that I use my quote unquote memoji. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more like Bitmoji. Style. Yeah, and I like what they do is they put it in the keyboard when you go to your emojis. They're right there, so they're really easy to get to. Oh, mm-hmm. nice! And they they kind of replicate the emojis. So like instead of like a generic smiley face with hard eyes. It's like, you're a Memoji with hard eyes. So they're, they're fun. Oh, I'm excited about this. I thought it was stupid, but now I'm excited. <laughs> but I will say, I I know I'm a little bit sh- sheepish to admit that I kind of like Bitmoji. We talked about this in an upcoming episode, actually, coming up. And Bitmoji has so many fun things that you do, the like holding signs and doing all of these crazy, goofy things. And so Memojis are very limited. Like, they're just kind of replicating the emojis of like a smiley face, heart yeah, eyes. starry eyes. Yeah. Like laughing, crying, but it's not, they don't have, yeah, like bitmojis, they really, they have like ton, hundreds of options. Yeah. And they're kind um, of hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But it is, so it's really easy to access though. Like David said, it'll show up when you hit your emoji icon. And also there's the messages apps, like apps above the keyboard. And there's like a special icon now for Memoji stickers that you can go to, and you, so you can do it for your Memoji or also any of the Animojis. So like the cow, oh, yeah. the giraffe, owl, all those things. I do not like, and you can either like drag and drop it onto a message or like send it as its own image. Um, Ooh, I haven't drag and dropped. <laughs> I don't think that I'm going to be using this a bunch, to be honest. Okay. I would not say Memoji stickers was something that I'm super excited I have about. a weird critique of it, though. Okay. It, the thing that's fun about Bitmoji is it's, like, in general, Memojis and Bitmojis are cheesy. Bitmoji brings it over the top that adds, like, a sort of self-awareness that you know you're being over the top cheesy. Yes, that's but so true. But Memojis are just cheesy enough where they, they're like, you act like you're being serious with it. And you can't be serious with it because they're ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. There's something <laughs> about it that feels like not cool. Like, yeah. And, and, like, whereas I feel with Bitmojis, it's it's not cool, but... But you're embracing it. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So that's Memojis. Um, oh, go ahead. Are you able to use sign-in with Apple yet? Because that's another feature I'm really excited about. So I haven't seen that pop up at all for me. No, and the reason why is that... I'm assuming that Apple from their end has done that, but it has to be something that websites and apps and other places integrate into their mm. services. Right. They're probably and working on it. A, they're working on it, and B, they don't have a lot of incentive to go fast because such a small percentage of people are using uh, are using iOS 13 beta. So that's something that we won't really be able to use until they come out with iOS 13. And even then, I think it'll slow roll out. Like, and I'm, just an overview of what that is, yes. by the way. Sign in with Apple. Apple's coming out with an alternative to options that create an account for you using like Facebook or Google. Um, so when you're going to create an account or sign into an existing account, Apple will now be able to sign you in. And there's an option to not share any of your personal information with whatever, you know, company that is. I feel like, too, I'm just this year starting to see Apple Pay become very prevalent on websites and apps. And it came out like two or three years ago, I think. It's being on the other end of it and trying to set up Apple Pay for some of our services. It's really a hassle. And so it takes a while for companies to roll these things out. So I think it'll be a while before we use it a lot. But I'm really excited about it when it comes out. Yeah, me too. That's one of the features. Yeah, I've definitely been like, really paying a lot more attention to like my security and privacy mm-hmm. probably too late i'm sure they already know everything about <laughs> me but and i love apple pay it's by far the best way better than paypal uh, i mean everything's better than paypal <laughs> <laughs> people love paypal <laughs> that's and I... A, I know but that's another podcast yeah, maybe yeah all right so how's the revamped notes app um, some view. of the features are not available yet but one i have been enjoying the gallery view so now when you open the notes app you would usually only be able to see a list of your notes um, just chronologically. But now if you tap, there's a grid icon if you swipe down below your uh, search field, and it'll just show them in a grid, and you get a little preview of what's inside of them. And, I mean, I think it's nice. 
To be honest, I didn't even notice it had changed. Um, <laughs> I, I like that view. It reminds me of kind of when I am looking at the Google Docs app, you know, like, and it's nice to be able to kind of see. Sometimes you don't remember how you named it or what's in it, or you have multiple documents, like drafts that are like slightly different, and being able to have that visual clue lets you pick the right one. It's, yeah, I agree. Another, this is like a small thing, but I love it. I'm really into checklists and checking things <laughs> off my list. And now, get out, really? When you check, yeah, <laughs> and arrows. Um, when you check an item off, it automatically is sorted down to the bottom uh, of your list. So it's organized by things that have not been done and ones that have been done. It's almost and like you you're have, using a reminders list like you should be. Yeah. And then it's a, it's a, there's the option to do that or not, because some people might not want mm -hmm. it to sort that way, but I like that. I, I'm very impressed with this checklist that you've got here. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of those things that, like, I discover with the beta every year. It's, like, the little things yeah. that you end up loving. It's, like, dark mode really quickly. I'm, like, whatever. Memoji stickers, I'm not that into, but, you know self-sorting checklist. Yeah. I'm all about that. No, that's exactly it. And that's why you really have to get hands-on with this uh, is because so many of these features that you end up loving are like little things that just drove you crazy and they fixed. And then like dark mode, which everybody's talking about, you're like, meh, who cares? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with those features. Um, so is there come out, like volume and silent mode pop out? Like what's yeah. that? Oh, so that's a note I put in there because it's another really small thing. Now when you adjust your volume or turn on silent mode, there's like a new visual that pops up on your screen that is just nicer. Like the volume, well now of course it's not working for me. It's because nothing is playing on my phone right now. But a little visual will show up on your Instead of like blocking the, the entire video that you're watching, to yeah, like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. The center, it's like in a little corner. It's just way nicer. Okay, because Sarah just hit the nail on the head. I I agree. I, I kept thinking this is nicer, and I couldn't figure out why I liked it more. And that's exactly it. It doesn't cover the entire screen yeah, while you're doing it. Up with that. I mean, like, yeah. I'm glad they changed it, but why was it ever like that? It was so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I do like it better. It's very small. It's not like it matters that much, but I do like it better. And when it pops up, you can actually oh, like can tap and drag it instead of having to use the button, which I like. Nice. Yeah, so you can both control it from your touch screen yes. and with the physical buttons. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Cool. So um, are your AirPods telling you your messages? Because uh -huh. that's a thing, yes, right? Yes, and I hate it. I saw a note. Donna hated it. I yeah. like it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was like out on a jog listening to music. I was really not feeling like jogging, and I was like, okay, the music's keeping me going, and then it's like an annoying message coming in being like, Annalisa Thompson is texting you, blah, blah, blah. And I do not feel like dealing with this right now. Well, let's hope Annalisa Thompson doesn't listen to this podcast. So you don't put do not disturb on while you exercise? So that would solve it? I don't know, but I'm guessing because then you wouldn't get notifications. Okay, that's what I need to do because that would be, I was going to say, um, it could be useful in certain circumstances, but I don't. A lot of times, like if I'm listening to music or some or an, a podcast on my AirPods, like I don't want to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. will say it's definitely. I think the reason why I've liked it is so far, it's they've been few and far between, but definitely, and I've had I I it hasn't happened to me while I'm exercising. So like, it definitely had that scenario of being stuck in a group text conversation <laughs> oh while my. you're exercising. Wow and not being able to access your phone if it's like strapped to your arm or something will make me lose my mind. So I agree, it's probably, it's definitely a very flawed feature. Uh, you can turn it off, I'm assuming. Yeah, one nice thing about it too though is um, if you have your phone unlocked mm -hmm. and are looking at it, like it won't, and you have your, you're playing with your AirPods, playing something over your AirPods at that time, it won't announce your messages oh, to you. So nice. it seems aware enough that like, if you're using your phone, you don't need that Siri feature to okay. be happening. Um, but I actually don't know how to turn it off because something popped up when I put my AirPods in once I had updated, letting me turn it on. But it just popped up. It wasn't in the settings. And when I've gone into the settings, I didn't find a place oh, yet. Oh, you tried and haven't found it? Yeah, I haven't Googled it yet, but I was like, so did a quick search. One place where you can settings. find AirPod settings, and I don't know for sure that this is true in iOS 13 or applies to this particular situation, okay. is in Bluetooth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it's like really hidden. It's annoying. But your your AirPods have to be connected, and when they're connected, then you can go in and change certain things. Mm-hmm. Like how? You just you? like each of your AirPods will show up, and you tap on each one, and you can change things like what happens when you tap on them, or huh. you hit the little like blue info circle. The right blue next info to it. circle. Okay, that's what I was wondering. It's yeah. really unintuitive. I don't know why. What they need is an AirPods app, to be honest, or like should, to yeah. have it in. Yeah, that's what they need. Right. Yeah, I agree. Just like they need a HomePod app. Yeah. Oh, don't let me start on the HomePod. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, I will be careful when I first put my AirPods in now that I have iOS 13. Watch what I'm agreeing to turn on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I use the Reminders app a lot, and I know they're like doing a whole revamp of that, and I haven't had a chance to look at it, but it wasn't clear to me during the announcement, like, what are they changing? I actually thought I was going to hate it because the thing I like about the Reminders app is I'm opening it up while I'm talking. If, you, if you're watching, I'm not. I'm looking at my phone. Uh, is I love the simplicity of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like they kept the simplicity and added some nice features. So basically when you open it up, there's a little grid view up top that has four things. It has today, all, flagged, and scheduled, most of which I don't use, but I could see how a lot of people would use it. Um, but I just found they just made it things a little bit easier to like move things around and I like this is a really small thing but you can control the icon next to each each list which makes it easier to find the list so like my groceries list which of course doesn't work anymore but if it did work we would both be able to see a little carrot a red carrot uh, oh. And so it's a nice, like, just having a visual, like, a little round icon that you can control. It's nice having a little visual cue. I found it to the changes to be unobtrusive to the simplicity of it while still being nice. But I haven't, I also, the counter to that is I haven't found any of them be particularly, like, amazing. It's just been like, okay, nice little features. How did you create, get the carrots? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> okay, like, if you open up the list, and, the and then the to top right the... corner, you do list appearance, yeah, and then there. See, it gives you, like, the color of the circle and the icon. It doesn't give you an icon That's option. so weird. So for me, I'm only getting the colors and no icons. Wow. And this is maybe just, like, beta testing life. Yeah. Like, people have different experiences. You can um, flag Reminders now. I oh, saw the Uvo. So I haven't flagged them yet, so I don't see that. I don't see that list. Let me see. I haven't um, either. I don't know, but they sh- it still shows up to me. I have no idea why I would ever flag a reminder, to be honest. But I could do that. I if mean, I, I guess it's a way so that you can then have a list of things that are flagged that you can go look at. But again, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily want that. Um, one thing, it does make more sense to me that now scheduled is just a view that you can see, and so those are all of your time-based reminders, whereas. Right now, with iOS 12, it's its own list, which is like mm-hmm. it's not a list that you created, so it doesn't make yeah. as much sense. So I think I think it's a, an improvement, and I think as I get to use it more, like I I'm just not particularly a power user for reminders, but I think you could become more of one now. Like if you wanted to have like three lists, one for your personal, one for work, and one for like random things you need to do, and you were diligent about adding dates and like what was reoccurring, what wasn't, then it would be nice to have like a unified view of what you're supposed to do today across all your lists. I'm just not that much of a power user, so therefore the unified views don't matter to me. Yeah. I'm excited about them. (laughs) Um, Is Face ID faster? Yes. Yeah, that I've noticed and really like. So much faster. It's like Apple promised it would be 30% faster, and I would say, I mean, I don't know if it's 30% faster, but it seems faster. I never realized how much time I spent staring at my phone waiting for it to unlock because it felt like it was fast. It's so much faster now. It's like almost annoyingly fast where it unlocks before I realize it's unlocking and then like if somebody were next to me and I didn't want them to read my text message, they'd be able to. Yeah. Which is not a big deal and I'm very happy it's faster, but that's how fast it is that it unlocks before I even know I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that because there's times when like you need to use Face ID to like add your password from Keychain or you know, like, agree to buy some app or something, and then you just, like, sit there Mm -hmm, while it, like, so I'm excited. Especially when you're doing Apple Pay and you're trying to validate it on your phone and everyone's watching you and you're trying to be, like, recognize my face so I can pay (laughs) for this, and that's faster, that's nice. Yeah. Um, So, Donna, you were showing me, like, a super cool thing about Control Center with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and I think I I can't wait to try this. Yeah, so this is one that um, Apple didn't talk about 
when they announced uh, iOS 13, but if you open Control Center, you used to be able to just tap to connect or disconnect from Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. But now, if you press and hold, there's an expanded menu of your Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. You can also you know, do things like air, turn on and off AirDrop and personal hotspot. And from there, if you press and hold again, you can connect actually to different Bluetooth and Wi-Fi Wi-Fi networks and Bluetooth devices. Before, it used to be like you could turn Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on and off, but you weren't able to see what you were connecting to. And mm -hmm. to me, like it was like that was just really limited in terms of what could yeah. Control Center could do there. I didn't find it particularly helpful. So now it's like, okay, I don't have to open the settings app. I can control what I'm connected to right from Control Center. So yeah. I think that's a significant improvement. I really like that because you've always been able to change the, like, audio output source mm -hmm. from the now playing yeah. tile. But, you know, like the Which truth is, nice. is like we connect to more than just like speakers or headphones with our devices using Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's I'm, not just for, you know, music and podcasts. I, right. I will say that if you on iOS 12, if you hard press on the settings app, it brings up a shortcut that includes Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And so it, it's still in the control center several taps away and so i don't know that it's necessarily time saving but if you happen to be in the control center it certainly is but also i i think it's a more intuitive place to put it yeah but you also don't have to unlock your phone if you to are this control that's center a good yeah. point. That's unless a good point. you've made it so that you do it's, oh that's a really good point and also just if you're a control center person which i use control center all the time it's just nice that that setting is more useful now i agree though it's not easier to get to, like, you know, opening the settings app and going to your Bluetooth settings is not hard. Yeah. It's just I think most people have more of a mental block against, like, fiddling around with their settings. It, it, it's more intuitive, app. especially, like, you have to, in order to get the shortcut that I'm talking about, you have to hard press on settings, and you I always forget to do that. And then yeah, I, like, and then, like, the 10R doesn't have those. I think with the 10R, if you long press, it'll do this, but I'm actually not sure. I'm not sure that, like, some of the 3D touch things you can do just by long pressing, but some of them you can't. Part of me, I'm not totally familiar with which ones, but... Part of me wonders if this move and some of the other moves are actually Apple's phasing out of 3D touch. It is, the it is a long-standing rumor like, that they're going to do that. Well, the 10R and the iPad Pro does not have 3D touch, and so it doesn't seem like it's a high priority, to say the least. Yeah, it seems unnecessary, honestly, to make that little vibration when you could just long press as an option. It's a, it's also just unintuitive. There's no visual cue, and you never know when you can do it and when you can't, and like what's going to happen if you hard press on something. Yeah, I will say this is a really, this isn't on the list, and this is a really small point, but they changed the, I don't even know what they're called, the Taptic Engine. Like the little like vibrations you get as a response as you're doing things on your phone, they changed them a little bit, and oh. I like them better. Interesting. So what I do you like about that. them? That's what's different. I don't know how to explain it. You have to just <laughs> try it for yourself. But they're just they they feel they feel better. I don't know. <laughs> I it's just, like it feels more responsive. Like it feels like somehow is more intuitive when I'm getting the Taptic Engine and why or something. I just feel like singing like, good vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a very dorky point, but I find myself like, oh yeah, that was that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I use uh, Find My Friends a lot, um, uh -huh. and now it's integrated into the Find My iPhone app as Find My, which is... I don't love the name. Yeah, yeah. but how's the app itself? I love it. I, it's fine. <laughs> like they took two apps, they they made them one app. They, it works fine. Uh, I will say you'll be happy to know that the default view is Find My Friends, mm -hmm. so you don't have to do several taps. Why do you love it, Donna? I just think it's such. It makes so much more sense. Like there's a people tab, and that's your friends that you've shared location with, and then there's your devices tab, which shows you everything, all of your devices, and there's a little menu you can like swipe up to get a full list of your devices. With people, I mean, I don't even know if you could do this before, but it's just, uh, if you could, it wasn't as apparent, but you can name locations. So like oh, I yeah, cool. went in and like named my, the friends that I have their locations, I named their different homes. So I can, it'll just be like, Rachel is home, you know? And I think that's like kind of a nice, and Ding. And did it always, because I'm peeking over your shoulder, I, I only share my location with my partner, so I just have one person there. Um, did it always allow you to have pictures of people, or is that new? Because I like that. That was there before. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing that was ni nice with devices, too, I mean, 
this is really the biggest thing is that with iOS 13, there is now a capability to locate devices even if they're offline. That's exciting. Um, that's like, cool. There, and I don't know, it's like some Bluetooth technology that allows you to do that, but that's been a huge hole in Find My iPhone is if your phone is dead or MacBook is dead or whatever, it's not going to be able to find it, and it's now a, it can. All right, so one last thing I want to talk about. Um, probably the app that all of us use the most, I'm guessing, is the Messages app, and mm -hmm. now you can search in conversations, mm -hmm. which I feel like is going to transform my life. Has it transformed your life? I do really like it. Wait. But what were you excited about with well, it? Because I feel like maybe... Because I'm, instead of just searching... I mean, the search is terrible in the Messages app. Yeah. And you search every single conversation. It's But now Apple says you can search individual conversations. Is that... Uh, I don't know. Like So for me, what, what I notice is, like, look, if I'm searching something, at the top it'll tell me, like, I put in an M, and it showed me at the top all of the contacts that I've messaged with and whose names begin with M and below that conversations where I say that and then links and then photos that are relevant to that and it's all so it's just like a way nicer search view but let's see if I go into an individual conversation you, so I don't oh no know so this is how it. it's going it shows so yeah I don't know the things that you can search an individual conversation you can yeah you can not that way Donna but what you can do let me try it this way if I tap Oh, no. Okay, so, like, uh, I think it just better searches. So, it, first of all, like Donna's saying, it's sorted between, like, when you search, it'll, like, show people first. Because a lot of times you're searching for someone to text. Yeah. And then links, and then photos, and then location, all of which is nice. But also, if I search, it always sort of searched within location, within threads, but not very well. And now it does better. So, for example, I, I just was test messing around with this today. Donna, like, Six months ago, texted me a link to like a handyman that I that I wanted to use, and I couldn't find it before. And now, as I was I was 13, if I type handyman, it comes up with that thread, and if I tap on it, it takes me exactly to the spot in the conversation where you had sent me the contact. Now, it was supposed to sort of do that before, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes, sometimes it, it didn't. Yeah, but it was pretty bad. Like I found that I often couldn't even find people that I texted regularly when I searched in text search. Yeah, no, so it's, it's terrible. Better, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking this actually because I just typed in uh, Montreal where I just went for vacation, and first of all, it showed me like multiple messages from the same conversation that had that word. Mm, that is nice. And then when it's, and then there was the option to, to see all, and I tapped that, and now I see like every every message. So instead of just like because you know, like generally there's multiple times where you say a word and you're searching for that term and. Yeah. Before, in iOS 12, it was like... It would only... No, it's a really good point. It would only show you one point in any given conversation. So, for example, when I was visiting my sister, I was trying to find her address, and I searched address, and she texted me several addresses over the years, and I couldn't find the right one. So, like, that's really useful to be able to show every time that she said the word address so I could find her address that she texted me. I think I think it is going to change my life. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm really happy. Yeah, like, before we were saying we thought iOS 13 didn't have a theme, but I feel like it's, like, the update for improved menus. Like, I feel like the search menus, the uh -huh. share menu, like all those things the are layout just so much of better. reminders and yeah. things like that. It's certainly, and, and they did. Organization is and, better. And I will say, they're, so far, they've all been well executed. Like, yeah. it, it has added a layer of polish to iOS that didn't feel like it was there, uh, which I've been very happy with. And Find My, you know, that's another example of its features that already existed besides the new Bluetooth feature, which is awesome, which mm -hmm. locates your offline devices. But Otherwise, it's just like a better organization of already existing features. Yeah. You know? Those are my favorite kind of updates. The ones that take the small annoyances that you might actually get just get used to and put up with or just complain about all the time <laughs> uh -huh. on this podcast <laughs> and like just kind of smooth them out. Yeah. And, yeah. And so you don't always like once you get used to them, you don't even notice. But that's kind of the best thing, like to not notice. And in the same yeah. vein, speeding things up, like add, making Face ID faster. And this is something I haven't really noticed, but apparently apps open faster. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice. Cool. I mean, I didn't particularly yeah. notice, but yeah. All right. They're that's all. Fast. That's all my questions about like what you guys are liking about iOS 13. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, the only thing is the Maps app. I wanted to mention oh, yeah. quickly. Um, 
for a while, with I would use Google Maps specifically if I was visiting a city. It was really convenient to create like all of my favorite or, or like restaurant recommendations for that city or places to visit, and have that be a collection, like a saved you know list. And now in the Maps app, there's a new thing called collections where you can create a collection of places. And so I think that like for me, how I would use that is for trips. Like if I'm going to go to LA and I want to know all the restaurants to go mm-hmm. to there, I'll create an LA collection of restaurants that I want to hit up because for me, traveling is about food. Cool. <laughs> I know I was just thinking, man, I wish I had this when I went to Montreal because that was like our whole point was like, which restaurant should yeah. we eat at today? <laughs> That's exactly how I travel too. There's yeah. also the really prominently the ability to add favorite locations. So it automatically has my home and work there, and then I can add new favorite locations there as well. It's oh, and funny. collections. That's yeah, nice. so collections, That's I tested it out last night just doing, we live in Fairfield, so it was like places in Fairfield that were my favorite, and it was really easy to add them. One so place. So I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I put Cafe Paradiso, my favorite place. <laughs> it is good. Um, I'm just so mad at Apple for not adding the ability to have multi-stops in a route that I didn't even look at the Maps app. I'm just annoyed at them. What yeah. if it's there and you just didn't look? I don't think it's there. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Maybe I'll look now, but no. I was like, oh, uh, I want to say I want to say one thing about iOS 13, and then I want to talk about iPadOS a little yeah. bit, in case, unless you guys have anything else. This is a really important bug that we did not mention. We had we have had somebody attempt to uninstall iOS 13 and roll back to iOS 12, and they couldn't do it. Now, yeah. this is a bug that I'm sure, I'm hopeful that Apple will fix, and it's also possible that this was a user error. We haven't tested it across a, lo- a lot of devices yet, but it's a pretty important warning to give you guys because if you do update, normally we say you can always go back. We had a hard time doing that, and I haven't read about that anywhere else, so it might be just us, but we had a hard time doing it. Yeah, that's a good disclaimer, which just means that like, still when Apple's shipping version of iOS 13 comes out in September, you can easily switch to that, so you're not stuck on beta software forever, Yeah. but it seems like you can't go back to iOS 12 if this is one of our writers here had this experience, if that like continues to be true for other people. Yes. I'm wondering if I should test that before I have too much invested in <laughs> iOS 13. Yeah. I mean, the flip side is I've had no desire to go back. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Okay, iPadOS. So in general, I've read pretty positive reviews about iPadOS, so I don't, I, I may be alone in this. I hated multitasking. Really? I really? found it to be so incredibly unintuitive. And to be fair, like, it might be powerful if I just, like, gone and read a guide about it, but, like, it was really unintuitive. It was really hard to figure out how to, like, uh, how to drag it over so that it was, like, a split view within an app, and then sometimes I'd drag it over, and it would be, like, the little, like, I don't know what to call it, the little, like, slim multitasking window, and sometimes it would be the big one, and sometimes I'd accidentally have the slim multitasking window, and I couldn't figure out how to get rid of it, and I'd try to, like, swipe it over, and it would go away. I hated it. I was shocked at how much I hated it. Because I've had an iPad for a while, and I'm pretty used to the multitasking there. And I already find that to be unintuitive, to be fair. But this was rough. And I'm sure, like, power users will get used to it. But kind of the everyday user that doesn't want to, like, spend hours studying how to use this. I think, to me, what made me so critical is multitasking on a computer is the most intuitive. It's so easy having a mouse to click and drag things around, having windows that can overlap uh, and un-overlap. It's so easy and intuitive. And it's part of my ongoing point that Apple's trying to make an iPad a computer replacement. But I think unless they have a true operating system that has a mouse, that has windows that overlap, uh, I feel like they are falling short with the way they did multitasking. So, Sarah, when you do it, I'll be curious to hear what you say. I'm not putting iPadOS mm. on my iPad. So, a couple things I did like, though, because I don't want to totally hate on it. Uh, I mean, in general, as long as you don't you want to use, use a new multitasking, like, it's still the same kind of iOS 13 features that we liked already are added to iPad. So, I think it is a nice update to iPad. It's just not a leap forward in terms of productivity for power users. I liked the widgets. I liked being able to have widgets view on my home screen. I thought that was fun. 
And then I just I just updated last night, so there'll be probably be more I discover. But I already did discover a small little feature that I really liked, which is within if you have Safari open and you tap the view all of your tabs you have open, you know how it brings you to that view where it shows you like all the tabs. Uh, and especially yeah. on, on iPad and iPhone, I find that I end up having like a ton of tabs open and they're hard to navigate. There's a search button there and you can search within your tabs, which I found to be really useful. That, yeah, that's really cool. Because what happens to me a lot is like I'll be on, I'll be on browsing the web, and I'll open something in in either I'll do this intentionally or it'll happen to me. It'll open it in a new tab, and then I want to navigate back to my other tab, and I'll tap that button, yeah. and it'll pull up like a hundred tabs, and I'm trying to find where it is. That's now awesome. you can search for it. So I liked that. I'll update more about it ne- probably next episode because I haven't had a lot of hands-on experience but I am pretty angry about multitasking. It was terrible. Yeah. I'm just going to ignore everything you just said, and I'm excited once I do actually have iPadOS to spend hours learning about the multitasking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Each yeah. to their own. I guess I do think it, this does line up with what we suspected, which is that iPadOS, there's potential in the future now that Apple's making an operating system, especially for the iPad, that they'll be able to make it more of a computer replacement over time. But for now, it's pretty much... Just a name change. Yeah, and a couple quick points. First of all, while iPadOS did get better reviews than I am giving it when other people liked it more, everyone online, all the all the reviews, seem to agree with me that it is and that it is a step forward, but it is not a, a laptop replacement yet. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing, though, is one of the main my main points of why it's not a laptop replacement is that it doesn't have a mouse. Mm-hmm. They actually have mouse compatibility now. Oh, really? It's an accessibility feature. It's not very polished. It's like a round circle that you can drag around. Oh. And so they did it as accessibility, and maybe it's going to leave it there for that. And I'm sure it serves a purpose for a specific audience that needs that. But it's not a physical mouse that you can use. No, no, it is. Oh. You can attach a mouse to it. They just buried it in accessibility settings. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and so it might just be for people who struggle to use a touch screen. Oh. But I think Apple's starting to test it. Because I, yeah. I think that's that the only way to go. Ch- that would be game changing. Yeah, it will be if they do it. And you can now do it, but it's kind of limited. Uh, I'm very excited about this feature, actually. Yeah. yeah. And not for myself, actually. My dad has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and touch screens are so hard for him, mm-hmm. even though he has the, like, all the buttons are huge and you know I've adjusted the settings for like multiple touches so that it's easier for him to correctly input thing, this, things but it, it's really hard and uh, because of his real policy he has a bit of a speech impediment so Siri does not understand him mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. so I'm so excited about this for him I think it's going to yeah. really change his ability to use a uh, a device that clearly he'll have to switch to an iPad. Well, okay, but so awesome. it actually works with iPhone too. Really? Oh. Yeah. I'm so, very excited now. So that's really cool to hear, and I, I'm glad that it's a very viable accessibility feature, and hopefully it'll be a feature for power users too, but that's awesome. Yeah. All right, I think this wraps up all of our takes on iOS 13, public beta, and the iPad OS. And also, we didn't come up with a question of the week for our listeners. Yes. I did. I will say I posted. I will. I don't want to do this. I posted in our Facebook group (laughs) a survey of whether or not people had updated to iOS 13. And most people had not. So I think let's make our question of the week kind of a similar question. If you have updated, how are you liking it? Uh, We would love to hear that. And if you haven't updated, tell us why. Yes. Email podcast at iphonelife.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.